All right, welcome to the Salty Investors. It is Thursday, December the 8th. Um, it's only two weeks before Christmas, Tim. But um, let's not get too cheery because we've got some salt to spill this morning. Um, I've got – here's my salt. Um, maybe it's a little bit out of left field. But um, do you know who Maxine Waters is? Maxine Waters is one of these octogenarian um, okay. U.S – politicians she's 84 years old somehow she still gets elected now she's she is all over the internet with some lovely photos of sam bankman freed being his best friend mm -hmm. um you know obviously sam bankman freed being the second largest political donor to the democrats she's a democrat she's also the head of the um financial banking services <laughs> oversight committee and she has decided that she's not going to call Sam Bankman-Fried to testify on the collapse of crypto that they're going to have hearings on. And, you know, this is that sounds worse than it is because she, what she wants him to do is come voluntarily. And um, she was she has been praising him for his uh, candidness in talking openly about um, what has happened, you know, <laughs> which is really, you know, really, really odd. But this just goes to show you that, you know... Um, I mean, the guy is up to his neck mm -hmm. uh, in it with political donations. I mean, here's the thing. She's the head of the Banking and Financial Services Committee. Now that the Republicans have the House on January the 3rd, she will lose that title, so she'll probably be booted from it anyway. But um, it just goes to show you, I mean, yeah. I don't know if it's a raise, but she's just publicly sort of making herself look like a fool. She's been roundly criticised for it, and so she should be. Mm -hmm. That's my salt. Any any comments, Tim? Oh, it's just terrible. This revolving door of, you know, spend money in DC to get access to these people that no normal people can get access to, and you know, oh, yeah. it's sickening. So, yeah. hopefully, this clears yeah. it all out. Remember, there's no backstop in crypto. Like you, yeah. you start playing these stupid games, you, you know, <laughs> yeah. Get stupid results, so it's not like I mean zombies in the freaking financial world that can go on forever. So, <laughs> yeah. well, uh, SBF, I mean, he's done a good job of painting himself as the sort of oh, I just I didn't know, oh, how, I didn't know any, I'm just I'm as in the dark as you are. I'm you know, I'm trying to find out stuff as well. I, if, I don't know, I just I don't think too many people are buying that. Like, no, I think no, it's just too much money, and then he's already slipped that you know, part of his. You know, part of customer funds were sent to these hedge funds, you know, to get extra yield. Yep. So yep. I think he's toast. Like, you add up yeah. a lot of these crimes, you know, just the wire fraud crime by itself. You know, if you can yep. get Australia, you know, the farmer bro guy away for, you know, four or five years, this guy's going for 20. Like, <laughs> like he's, he's really in trouble here. Like, yeah. you know, farmer bro was mucking around with people that are rich. You know, these, you know, it's got thousands and thousands and thousands of small investors here um yep. wow he's gonna to get toast if he ends up in the u.s but no one's put any charges towards him so he's just walking around the bahamas yeah. this is disgraceful yeah he's given interviews everywhere <laughs> you know like he's some kind of celebrity you know it's uh, oh. it's, uh it's funny uh, oh well it'll work itself thing. out i'm pretty sure so yeah, yeah. what do you got on the uh, salt agenda this week might sound a bit weird, but I'm um, trying to defend um, in the reserve banks. You know, um, they're getting a little bit of flack at the moment that they're trying to destroy Christmas. And I think, you know, <laughs> I think that's a bit overdone. Um, uh, you know, the Grinch. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, who can we blame for, you know, the situation that we're in? Like, we have to go back a little bit. Um, mm. You know, everyone was egging them on to, you know, to print money, you know, in COVID. You know, MMT yeah. was the, the flavour of the month. And there's no reason we can't print anymore. And, you know, you should be doing it. You don't want people to die and all this sort of crap. And now they're on the other end, you know, trying to reel this back in a little bit and everyone's losing their minds, you know, and yeah. still not that high, really. Um, no. And I see they've got reporters out, the, you know, Philip Lowe, he's trying to put the bins out the other day. Did you see that? And the reporters are out <laughs> there really? trying to, yeah, before he's coming out with a meeting and stuff. Like, uh, like what are you going to do? And just like, leave the guy alone for a little bit, you know, like it's, I don't know. So yeah. it might sound a bit weird for yeah, me. Yeah. What do you think? Well, that's, you know, that sort of follows on what I said last week. You know, I was saying that he shouldn't have apologised, yes. you know. Um, he, he doesn't have to be barrigan about it, but he just shouldn't have apologised for the fact that, you know, he hasn't got a crystal ball and said something that people took the wrong way, you know. It just speaks to financial illiteracy. Um, mm. And, you know, it, it's what they've done in the last couple of months is exactly what they said they would do, which is... Um, they've constantly reiterated and they did it again in this one. They yes. said um, yeah. about future rate rises anticipated will be data dependent. I mean, this shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. Yep. Um, I suppose maybe that's a good uh, segue into the, um, the first, first slide. Um, so they raised, they raised interest rates for the fifth, for the eighth month in a row. This was um, the second 25 basis point, Mm -hmm. rise so you might say hey why don't you just do 50 a couple of months ago <laughs> yeah, who knows um the, yeah. the the two little uh so that's that's a headline from the abc but the two little quotes underneath it are from the rba statement itself um <clears throat> which is again it says exactly remember we had this um uh, under under forecast inflation yes. print of 6.9 they're mm -hmm. still saying they see it going to eight doesn't mean it will but obviously inflation sticking around and as we said last time if you look at what if it wasn't for um government subsidies on electricity and other things um it would have been way higher anyway uh, and yeah the board expects to increase interest rates further over the period ahead but it's not on a preset course that you know data dependent blah 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 mm -hmm. so um um prior to the decision you could see that they had 95% no change for february because <laughs> uh, there's no there's no meeting in in january obviously mm -hmm. um post the and actually on the 5th of december um they had 100% uh post the meeting they're more than half more than halfway to saying there'll be another rate rise uh, 57% um in february so, you know, expectations change. But, I mean, have a look at this chart. Now, the last time we put this up was a month ago. And if you remember then, the market was predicting that cash rate would top out at 3.8. Now it's at 3.6. <laughs> Two months ago, it was over four. Yep. So despite more rate rises, the market continues to come down. And, I mean, I think they're, what are they now? 3.1. So that's mm -hmm. 50 basis points more than I thought they would do. <laughs> I think it's more than you thought they would do. Yeah, it's a lot, um, lot more. So when it gets up, if it gets at 3.6, that's going to be an extra 100 on top of what I thought they could get to. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I have been critical of them. 
So, but yes, if they do get to that 3.6, it's like, yeah, it's going to slow yeah. things down a bit. But I remember a couple of, I think it was two or three months ago that they came out with this language um, in their monetary policy, not not the actual policy decision, but the statement on monetary policy where they said they wanted to get people accustomed to the idea of rates going up. And so this slowly, slowly, slowly 25 basis points. Again, it is in keeping with what they sort of said a few months ago. It shouldn't be that surprising, but you're going to see more of that stuff in the media heating up because there's going to be more and more people feeling mortgage stress as these yes. rate cuts flow through. Um, and you're just going to see more and more of that. And there'll be a lot of pressure building up on Phil. Phil might be eyeing the uh, the exit, you know. He's, oh, uh, yeah. he's probably Poor tucked away. He's probably got a pretty healthy super balance. He's probably looking at the, the door going, eh, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's time to go. I don't know. Well, that's one good thing about switching them over. You can do all the dirty work, you know, and yeah. give the next guy a clean run. Like, But hopefully he's got the balls here to keep going um, and actually get up to that sort of number. But still a fair bit of lifting to go, you know, like, I don't know. Well, especially if you think there's going to be an 8% number here at some point uh, in inflation. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> And a lot of people on fixed um, mortgages at the moment still are, yeah. and they still are for another. I know I spoke to a guy the other day, and you know he's still on for another two years. So, yeah. um, but a lot of people only got six months left. So you know that puts yeah. us middle of next year, and then yeah. you're still going to have a bit of a lag effect on that. So I don't know. Soft landing could still be possible here. <laughs> what are you sort of thinking? What are you looking at here? Yeah, I, 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 I don't know the. You know, we can go through all the negatives. I suppose on the on the positive side, well, it's not so much a positive, I don't think, to crush load immigration into the country, into capital cities, because um, that, that that's what's going to happen. But that does provide extra demand uh, that might not otherwise be there. So, you know, the economy can probably still do okay, you know, through that period. Yeah. Um, you know, it, as, as we said before, I don't think the governments have either side of politics have any idea how to grow the economy other than, you know, crush loading immigration into the country. That seems to be their only fix. Yep. Um, and then, you know, they say, oh, look at our GDP. It's above the OECD average. Let's not, though, talk about the general standard of living in the places where all those immigrants end up, which is not to say anything bad about immigrants. It's just the fact that if they all concentrate in, say, uh, you know, like Western Sydney or something like that. It just puts huge pressure on infrastructure, public yeah. services. And and then we look at our GDP and go, oh, aren't we good? But the standard of living for the people that live there is it's pretty horrendous. But Yeah, but also the immigrants is... as well. What, they're supposed to be coming yeah. to a, a better place. And, you know, they're going, wow, isn't the road system crappy? And the hospital system yeah. is crappy. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not this and bad normally. I can't normally. get my kid into a school. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know. That's not, yeah. not good for them either. So, yeah, it's just... You know, easy runs there for the government, and they can hold back all the infrastructure spend. Um, you know, like just look at the energy prices at the moment; we're insane. Um, mm. yeah. And it's not like we're building anything out here to sort of <laughs> fix this well, in the yeah, future. <laughs> like Glen Glencore just pulled um, a proposed coal mine from Queensland, oh. I think. Um, and by the way, there was a there was a release this morning by the UK government that said that they were going to open a coal mine for the first time in 30 years because this is called when the rubber meets the road, mate. You've got to get your energy from somewhere. 
You know, What's the spe- price cap on coal? I saw someone. Yeah. Like, yeah. what are they? Well, What's the go with this? Like, how can you put a price cap on it when it's finally getting somewhere, you know? These places yeah. are worth nothing. Like, Whitehaven Coal is worth nothing. Like, even though you price to free cash flow, I think, is one. Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know one and a half or something like that. You know, it's just insane, yeah. Yeah. you know? It's just, you know. It's... So, price I don't know. Price cap on coal, price cap on gas. I mean, do you see a theme here? I mean, it's, yeah, insanity. The people that run our... That run this stuff yeah, what are they going to do a price cap on brickies and laborers next you know <laughs> oh, like... yeah. well the, the greens want the greens want price caps on landlords putting rents up at the moment as you saw that um then what what don't they you know price controls they haven't studied jimmy carter at all have they you know, uh, this, yeah. is, this is this is the idea this is what you can do when you're a progressive green, you can just come out with dumb policies because you have no idea that they've all been tried in the past and failed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh we have to go through that again, I guess. We'll, mm. I'm sure. Yep. I'm sure it's going to win. Like it seems to be winning in the court of public oh, is, opinion yeah. at the moment. I, I can't uh, yeah, deny absolutely. it. So mm. we're going to get something like that. Um, yep. So, yeah. Yep. Very interesting. Um, all right. So. Just continuing on the theme of earnings cuts. So this is from Fact Set. I think you may have talked about Fact Set yes. in the past as as a as a maybe a good company to look at um, for for investment. But yeah, they they just said that um, they just gave a sort of a bit of a historical context that um, in October November analysts have lowered their EPS forecasts for the fourth quarter, which you won't get until January, February next year for US. Um, and they've they've cut cut them by 5.6%. And they just, you know, mm-hmm. if you have a look at all the the past 20 years, the average cuts sort of somewhere in the range from two to three and a half percent. So they're cutting more than normal. Um, they're trying to play catch up, as we've said here for months. Uh, this is what happens at turning points. Analysts are always slow. Um, and that last paragraph down there is, you know, they're also cutting calendar year 2023 um so during that same period um they cut calendar year 23 by 3.6 percent mm-hmm. uh down to 232 from 241 that's not much and i mean no. if that was the that's all the cuts were you, you know you'd be buying yeah yeah you'd be you'd be buying wouldn't you because yeah, 232 yeah. um you know the s&p looks pretty cheap on those numbers, what is it about 17, 18 times? Well, not cheap, but not expensive. Yes. Um, but as we've said here, we well, I I expect calendar year twenty three to come down to about two hundred, even a little bit below. I think Morgan Stanley's at one ninety five, something like that. We had that up here a couple of weeks ago. So yeah, just the ongoing revision to earnings. When is that going to all get priced in? Mm-hmm. Don't know. Who knows? Maybe we're all going to look forward to 2024 when yes. quantitative easing's back on and uh, it's back back to, off to the races again. I don't know. Yeah. What do well, you reckon? Well, Bitcoin's looking fine and dandy. If you know you want to look at who's looking forward, like yeah. you can't even get below $17,000 at the moment. You know, it's like, no, very stubborn, isn't it? It doesn't want to go down. So, you know, you're looking for a forward asset, you know, risk asset. Like, wow, you can't get anything more crazy than that. And... Um, Someone's buying here. Who the hell is buying here? Like, you should see the miners. Everyone's dumping, and because um, mm. the miners can't keep up with all the fuel prices and um, electricity prices. I mean, so um, it's got a flaw so in it. it, 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 it. <laughs> well, I've, I've, I've never 
I, I, I don't keep abreast of what it costs to mine a Bitcoin these days, but is it is mine the coin more expensive than what it's worth? Is that what we're saying? It's still not at the moment, but um, it depends on your capex that you're spending on, like how forward, you know, how much do you depreciate the miners? So the electricity right. costs, if you own the miner, and but the problem is the hash rate, which is how hard it is to mine a Bitcoin, keeps increasing. Yeah. So you've got to keep yeah. upgrading your miners. And so you might only get uh, one or two years before the efficiency drops enough where you have to upgrade. Yeah. So you've got to like, you've got to do a couple of equations here. Um, you know what the supply is going to be, but you don't know what the hash yeah. rate is going to be in, you know, 12, 24 months. Um, so a lot of these miners basically held onto all this Bitcoin because, you know, you yeah. could turn into a billion dollar company if you could, you know, don't actually sell any Bitcoin and then absorb all those costs with low debt, you know, you're buying yeah. debt at 4% or whatever, or 8% if you've got no, nothing to back it up with, um, and then just hold that Is Bitcoin. It... But now it's like, oh, no, no, we want you to have some cash flow and pay back some of this debt. So, Is it feasible that at some point the, the cost of mining Bitcoin, whether the costs go up enough or whether Bitcoin comes down enough or both, that the cost of mining Bitcoin is so you know, prohibitive that they just stop mining it. Yeah. And well, they that's just lower yeah. prices lead to higher prices. It's the same as any other commodity life you know, cycle. So they're the best times yeah. to invest because it yeah. looks so terrible that you've got everybody, you know, um, leaving the industry um, thinking, you know, this is the end. Um, yeah. We haven't got there yet, but um, I've been through, you know, three or four of these. Um, <laughs> they're actually, because you look at the, you know, you try to forecast the future and you're looking at this going, this is just horrendous. You know, like, why would you be spending electricity on something that you're never going to make a return? Um, but, you know, from equities, you know, the same, the same argument comes in because, you know, you know, it's been oversold. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're actually the best times to invest. But I don't know, we've got a few more. Next year is going to be, you know, as things tighten up, you know, um, might actually become something decent to invest in again. But And we need the SEC to come in and ban a few of these other, <laughs> you know, securities. And um, yeah. you'll see the rats flee out of there and they'll flee into something that's a bit more secure, but they, go, they won't want to go to fiat. So they'll flee yeah. into something that's actually got some alpha behind it, you know. Um, not going to flee into the USD stable coins. Um, so a percentage will, but... So yeah, like there's all these interesting dynamics playing out at the moment, but we've still got um, a year and a bit till the next halving. Um, so yeah. I don't know. So we've got probably a year after that. So we're looking 2025 is when we're probably going to get the next bull run if you know past things happen. So good. Yep. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I should we should do a more of a Bitcoin one because I'm a bit bit of a Bitcoin bull and you're sort of yeah. Well, I'm a Bitcoin real... idiot, really. I just. Uh... Well, like, that really... it's very hard to be a value investor and go, oh, yeah, I'm into Bitcoin as well. It might sound, you know, totally illogical. So I might have a... Yeah, well, I mean, as, as far as I understand it, though, we don't have to get into this today, but your... See, my, as you know, my constant question is, how do I value Bitcoin? But you're not investing on a sort of... You're not, you're not saying, oh, I think Bitcoin's worth 50000 based on my 
estimate of its value. You're saying this is an insurance policy when the shit hits the fan. You're not actually putting a value on it, are you? You're just, it's like a, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's like a black swan type. Yeah. Yeah. Thing. So, you know, a gray swan or whatever you want to call them. Um, yeah. So a lot of these things you, cause it's not an income producing asset. You can mm. get carried away here thinking, you know, the future is going to be this or whatever, but um, just the, the alpha that you can get from this, from an uncorrelated asset. I know it's very highly correlated at the moment, yeah. but if things go crazy, um, yes, it's one of these assets that can really perform. Um, mm. And then risk on as well, as you know, from the last couple of years of the internet, yeah. what's happened here. So, Well, all it has to do is really keep its correlation with the S&P and you know, the market's going to turn around at some point. Uh, well, I mean, is, do we expect the correlation just to break down uh, because the S, you know, that that's that's what you're expected to believe if you think that all crypto is garbage and it's going to zero. Mm-hmm. You have to expect that that correlation is going to break down for some reason. Um, yes. Yeah, it's like QQQ on steroids, like you know, a yeah. four ten x or a you know QQQ, <laughs> you know, times like eleven. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so that's what you're basically getting um, in the near term, but. I'm thinking more 20, 30, 40 years out um, for a bearer asset. And you think, people go, oh, what's going to happen then? Well, yeah, things get a little bit more dicey. You cannot predict. (laughs) Things are a lot harder to predict back out to that sort of timeline. So, yeah, it'd be very interesting to have a talk about at some stage. I think it'll be very interesting. Yeah. All right. Um, Now, moving on, you have... uh found yourself a guy called Chris Hone. So does, is this his entire portfolio? He has 10 stocks. It's a very concentrated yeah. portfolio. Yeah. And I've looked on his past history and he dabbles yeah. around, you know, special situations. I don't know if you know what they are, but you know, like, yeah, yeah. like yeah. really high IQ type, like work you have to do in super complicated yeah. type analysis. Um, and he's mucked around with, you know, Seth Carmen type, um, you know, work, which is, you know, yep. very hard, you know, for an average investor to grasp. Um, a lot of it yep. is impossible for a normal investor to grasp. So, you know, this is the league this guy's in. Um, and now you can see that he is, as we're going into a possible recession, how he is restructuring. And you can see he's getting, this continues to sell down out of stuff. You know, this Boston yep. properties here, and there's just like I can see like what I'm looking at it as a moat type business, you know, like moat type fund here. And the thing that grabbed me is like he grabs other oligopoly type things here. He grabs both of the top. So he's got Alphabet and Microsoft. He's got yep. both of the railways in Canada. So it doesn't matter which one wins. He's going to get on top. Mm. He hasn't got Visa and MasterCard. But you can see he's got Moody's and S&P. Oh, he's no. got Visa. He's got yeah, Visa. yeah, but he doesn't have the jewel. So normal. Oh, okay. So this is the strategy. is like straddling both the oligopolies. And, you know, you think how much money would I have to put in here to take out one of the Canadian railways? Like there's just, you know, mm. $500 billion. I couldn't take these guys out, you know. Mm. Like, and, you know, Alphabet and Microsoft, we've talked about these, how strong they are, you know. Um, 
but you know, S and P Global and Mo- you know Moody's has got Finch. You know, yeah. you've got Finch in there as well, but that's private. Um, Finch, you mean? Finch, yeah, so Finch. Sorry, yeah. yeah. And so you can't really, you know, compete against these guys. I looked it up, and you know, if you go and get another credit agency, you've got to pay an extra couple of points. You know, mm. so people don't even want to use other credit agencies at all. So I don't know. Um, <laughs> I mean, if if um, the complete scandal of you know, oh, I hate. <laughs> Ratings in 08 couldn't destroy. I mean, this is, it was fascinating to me that these these companies didn't go away. I mean, for clearly fraudulent ratings being paid by the people issuing the securities. Um, and and by the way, there was a I think maybe I've mentioned this before. There is another model out there called Egan Egan Ratings. I don't know if he's still around, but he got paid by the investors rather than the issuers, which I would have thought was a better model. Yeah. Right? Um, but hey, you know. <laughs> yeah, you just can't beat these guys. Um, so I don't know. But there's BlackRock in there as little well as well, you know, so with this couple of others. But, you know, mm. I'm just looking at this portfolio and thinking, wow, like, um, I can't really poke holes in it. And going forward in an uncertain environment, like, yeah. you know, he's got the railroads balanced with the tech here. And, you know, it's got a few credit rating, rating and they're going to get hammered a little <clears> bit. But... Um, they're going to come out the other side. Like, I just can't see what's going to fall over here. Um, so what do you think of this yeah. jewel, you know, take both the oligopolies yeah. and, and, and pick both of them? Like, it doesn't even matter about the returns. Like, you're sort of going up. Yeah. It's, like a, it's like a hedge within oligopoly type. Yeah. Well, I wonder, um, would Amazon be the sort yes. of natural, if you're talking about web services where, I mean, Amazon which stumbled into that business. Now it's its best growth engine, right? Um, mm-hmm. And it's also Microsoft's best growing, what, 30% yes. a year, year over year. Um, yeah. But, so but why isn't Amazon in here? Like, that's the other question yeah. I've got. Like, like, you look at all how strong these are, you know, the oligopolies, and you think, why isn't he in Amazon here? Like, and yeah. especially the price has corrected so much, like, surely he should be dipping in. But does he talk about publicly what he does? Does he put out a newsletter or anything? He's got or, he's got some of the best analysts. I looked up his team and I'm like, wow, like mm. I couldn't even get there, you know, in five years' time. You know, I couldn't even get on his books here. Like um, yeah. the specialization, um, you know, like he was – this is some of the letters that he's written in the past. He's written – you know, we looked at his Google one. You know, obviously yeah. not everyone's just ignoring all that, you know, the, the, you know, the wages that everyone – Pays and he's written an open letter, but you should have seen the the, um, the letter I read to Wirecard. Do you remember Wirecard? It was a German type company yep. that was involved in all this fraud, and he yep. was looking in deep into that. And I'm like, wow, this guy has like got some of the best analysts in the planet working for him. And um, so that's got me worried about Amazon. That's what I'm like, wow, like why mm. isn't Amazon on the list here? Like, nah. well, I mean, d- does he deliberately keep it to ten, or is it? No, does no, it no. Go up and down, like yeah, yeah, it goes up or... and down. So. Okay. Yeah. But I'm really encouraged to see that some people have got really high conviction here and, you know, can really mm. run, you know, you look at how much, look at the, the size of this fund. Um, yeah. And, you know, he's not, yeah. he charges a heap. Like he's on a one and a half percent clip here. Wow. Yeah. So, like, and he's like, he's yeah. got railroads well, I mean, in there. So he's not like going for growth yeah. and trying to do something risky here. So, like, of course, of course, um, you know, we've made a virtue out of diversification and it is a virtue and people should be diversified. But I think, you know, recent years, people have got carried away with that, which means that you should have, you know, 
diversification out to the wazoo. I mean, all the research shows that once you get to somewhere between 15 and 20 stocks, you've already got market risk diversification with yes. 15 or 20 stocks. So, um, yeah, I, I, it, it makes makes your job easier too if you're finding you, you're really concentrating on – you've got a very limited universe of stocks to look at because you've got pretty strict criteria and you've only got to sort of manage 10 or 12 names. Uh, yeah, makes well, you, well makes all these stocks, I can look out 10 years and go, yep. like these railways, and go, yeah, I'm pretty sure. It doesn't matter what sort of – we're going to get free power or, you know, um, they still need to get stuff from the ports. It's going to be the cheapest way. Doesn't matter about Tesla, what they're doing, you know. Um, interest rates, you know, you're just looking at these things and thinking, wow, like I can look at 10 years and I can probably do a discount cash flow for, you know, 15, 20 years or whatever you want, you know, like that's what Buffett yeah. talks about, you know. You know, you, you're holding something for eternity, you know, like um, you can actually do a proper discount cash flow on these things, even with low growth. Um, yeah. You've got the certainty there. And I think going into this bit of a rough period, um, it's going to do well. And But I'll be interested to see if he sells out of Google here a little bit to frighten them. Because um, <laughs> you look at those numbers, like it's he's got some huge numbers on these things. Yeah, if you're yeah. a CEO and you're seeing this guy work, you know, he's going to go against you because he's an activist. He's an old activist type investor. So right. he doesn't do that anymore. But like, you know, you don't want to fire up that spirit in him, do you really? Five like, billion dollar position. Yeah. <laughs> Like he's gonna really hurt you. Like, so you start. Everybody's gonna panic. Like this guy moves against you. So yeah, just some guy. That, I don't believe his politics or anything like that. But I just love the way he's just constructed this. Um, mm. I just can't put a fault on it. So yeah, yeah. All right. Um, we got anything else on the agenda? I think we might end it there, shall we? Yep. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We have been the Salty Investors, and we will catch you next time.